What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chrissy Chaos. How's everyone doing? Hope you're making sweet love. Today, we have, as you requested, you guys said to me, I said, what kind of guests do you want to have? You said, we want somebody, we want a Pac-10 Hall of Famer. I said, yo, I know a guy. You know a guy. Richard Jefferson, folks. Thank you. Thank you. There he is. applause, everybody. There's no one here. Now, listen, dude. RJ, Richard Jefferson, you're a good man. You're going to the Nets game tonight. Yes. Okay? You're Nets royalty. Okay. But New Jersey Nets. Yes. Dude, I mean, thank God that team moved out of New Jersey. Look, look. When people ask about why the team moves, I was like, well, we played in the NBA Finals against the Lakers and couldn't sell out. Right. So it's like, if you can't sell out against the Lakers in the NBA finals, it's like I'm looking at Snoop and everybody yeah. on the floor. And then you look up and the top is like half filled. They needed a new arena. The, the yeah. Meadowlands wasn't where it's at. Like football does it like they, they get everybody, but they go there once a week. Do, do you know about the Meadowlands or like what that is like known for? What do you know about the Meadowlands in New Jersey? It, what do I know about the Meadowlands? Well, what are you asking? Okay, here we go. <laughs> first of all, first of all, I want to just say, because I forgot to say, we're coming to you live from Slam Magazine headquarters in Long Island City, New York. Every day we come to the studio, we make it to three blocks, and we don't get shot and killed, and that's a win. Hey, here we go. There it is. There we go. And so the Meadowlands, mm-hmm. right, even when they were building, like, the new MetLife Stadium where the Jets and Giants play, Meadowlands where, they, where you, the, you, the New Jersey Nets used to play, Mafia dumping ground. Mafia used to kill people, throw them right in the Meadowlands. So the reason why construction would take so long in those areas is because every time they were breaking ground for a new building, they would find bones and you have to get the FBI involved and they have to like investigate a murder. So you played, you went to the NBA championship on top of many dead bodies. Well, I think think all of America is covered in dead bodies, if we're going to be really, really honest. But no, the Meadowlands, when you look, Sopranos started like, yeah. I want to say a year before I got drafted. So Sopranos was like, and that it was between Sopranos, between the New Jersey Nets. We kind of yeah. gave Jersey a little vibe. It was like the first time Jersey had like a little, what, what? Did what? you live in Jersey though? Or did you live in New York? Oh, I lived in Jersey my first three years. Really? Yeah. My first three years I lived in Jersey. Like by the mall? Where did you live? No, oh no, no. Uh, I live like West New York area where all like the rappers and like Fort Lee, Hoboken. I used to oh, go. Yeah. But I was 20, I was 21. So I was going to Hoboken, God. getting drunk. Life was good. It had to but be so fun. It was so much fun because this was again, this was pre camera phones, pre all that stuff. So you could go out and really just do some heinous shit Chill. and just be out to, you know, eating tacos at four o'clock clock in the morning walking on the street yeah. and it's just like no one saw if they right. either they saw you or that was it there was no camera phones no videos no tmz none of that shit so it was a it was a good time yeah dude i feel like it's gotta like it's gotta just suck now to uh, not suck to be a pro athlete it's awesome but it's like you just can't part of being a pro athlete is just and being like a rock star it's like being debaucherous at night and now you can't you can but then you got to make a fucking public apology the next day no you you can't and but look so. every everything everything evolves right it's mm-hmm. like the amount of pressure the social media then camera phones but right. you you go back and look at like like i want to say like the early 2000s you would go out to clubs and you would see so many celebrities sure you would see you know it'd be snoop dogg at one booth it'd be you know nas at one it'd be buster rhymes like you know you see beyonce and jay-z because you could just go out yeah have they could have their security you don't have to worry about cameras can i get a picture can you, it was like now it used to be paparazzi in la uh-huh. and then everybody kind of lived in new york because it wasn't really paparazzi here and then once everybody had a phone everyone became paparazzi right and so it was just kind of like but you navigated you probably 
it's probably good. It probably keeps people in check a little bit. Yeah, more. I feel like now you're good too. You're you're you're. See, the thing is about about you. Like you're got what are you? 42, 43 years old. Yeah, still a young guy. Yeah, right. No, you are. You're you're a young guy. Okay. And it's one of those things where you know I remember me like being like a little kid. I would be like, oh, after the after these NBA guys are done, like I wonder what they do with their life. It's like their their life just begins sometimes when like you're done with the game. Mm. Like you're you know like you've done well. You've, uh, uh, you know, you made a lot of money, did what you loved, and now you have, like, another, not, you know, 50, 60 years to live. Well, it, well, it's crazy because it was, like, you also have to find a purpose. That's the crazy thing about an athlete. Like, you have a purpose at, like, 10, 11, 12 years old. It's like, yeah, you want to make it to the NBA. Right. You have, like, these things, but it's kind of like, hey, I'm trying to get a college scholarship when I was 17. Okay, I can see that. Right. Somewhere. You get there, and you go to, look like, at school like Arizona, Duke, North Carolina, and it's like, there's nine other All-Americans there, high school All-Americans. Right. So now you're competing and battling just to play on your team against other teams. So it's like you've always had a purpose. So I think one of the things that I think I think athletes have done a much better job is they're starting to plan their transition. They're starting businesses. Mm -hmm. They're looking at their networking far better than what they were in, let's say, like the, the 90s and right. early 2000s. So now you get into a spot where it's like, okay, well, what am I going to do next? I'm, I'm 35, 36 years old. I have plenty of money. Like, I've been fortunate with that. But it was like, I, I got more to offer. I got more shit to do. Yeah. So I was like, let's get on TV and crack jokes. When did you know, like, honestly, know I'm going to make the NBA? When was, because, like, obviously, you're, you know, when you're playing in Arizona, you guys go to the finals. It's like, we know you're all going in the first round draft pick. But did you know, like, the I, year before? No, no, no. I, I would say I knew when we got to the final four. Right. I knew when we got to the final four from a standpoint of like your draft stock is it is always that way. And this was, again, pre like all the social media. So you're not getting inundated with mm -hmm. like draft boards and there's not like the Mel Kuyper and the old word. It's, it's not like that. And so I think for us, like I could have left after my sophomore year. I had an agent telling me, oh, you'd be a late first round pick. And but you're just like, ah, whatever. You get into your junior year and you're like, I'm so focused on winning. Winning solves everything. So we had an okay year because our Ludos and his wife had passed. Mm -hmm. So then that tournament, we had a very good tournament. We were a good team. We right. Gilbert Arenas. We had a good team. So all of a sudden you get out of the final four and we got make it to the national championship. And then like my co coach is like, Oh, you're not coming back to school. And I'm like, wait, this is a real thing. This yeah. is like I, re I really can go to the NBA draft. Holy shit. So you don't realize it. Like, you, there's a self-awareness, but there's also you have to lack it a little bit because if you're looking past and not looking at what's right in front of you, yeah. all of a sudden you go two for 12, and then now all of a sudden they're like, right. oh, you're late, second-round pick, and you're like, should I come back for my senior year? But that was when. That's when I was like, holy shit. Right. I'm really – I'm going to go to the NBA. Now, let me ask you this. You had a great NBA career, made, you know, great money – is as especially as you're getting older, mm. right? In the NBA, is there a part I've always obsessed with athletes because I always think like, what would I do? Is there a part of you? You've already made money. You're like doing great. You're like, do I really want to go to the playoffs now? I have to fucking be away from my family for another three months. Do I really? I know you have to be like on TV, like, eh, come on, kids, you play to win the game. But in reality, you're like, dude, I just want to go home. Like, I don't need these idiots yelling at me and talking about me i don't give a shit anymore i'm already good no you're you're psychotic we're all psychotic you right. want to make the playoffs because playoffs okay. make you more money playoffs oh, make that's you, what okay. playoffs make you more money not from like a right. not from a like oh you get more dollars in your pocket like playoff your salary that you get is based off 82 games and then 
if you play all the way to the finals, they're not giving you me and LeBron make the same amount of money in the postseason. Yeah. Then, you know, he makes 30 million. I made 2 million during the regular season. During the postseason, if we go to the finals, we both get a check for like 100 grand. Right. So it's like that, but your money is made from a, from a branding, from a visibility, right. you've eliminated all the bullshit. They're, the bottom eight teams ain't there. So now you get an opportunity. You have a big game there. You do that. It's just like the NCAA tournament. You have a couple of good games in the playoffs, or if you guys make a playoff run, like Brunson, Brunson with the Knicks. Sure. They go to the conference finals. Trust me, those dollars went up when he was in when he was in Dallas. Had a great playoff run. Right. And those dollars started going up for him. And that so it's like that's why you want to make the playoffs because it's the most competitive, it's the most fun, it's the highest visibility. Every game is sold out in the playoffs. So the environment, that man, that's what you do. The first it's really shitty to go like October to April. And then you're done. So you have nothing to do from April to October if you're like a vet. So if you're like five, six years, you're not doing summer league. So you just have nothing to do for fucking six months. That's an interesting thing. So like when you get knocked out of the playoffs or don't make the playoffs, even after you win the championship, there's days where you're just like, well, now what am I supposed to do? Work out. That's all you do. That's all you work out. It's like I work. But if you work out, if you go out, you know, you wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, your workout's done by 9. The rest of the day, you're like, I'm just going to watch Netflix. I don't have anything to do. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's why we also get in trouble a lot and why we party a (laughs) lot and why there's a lot of, you know, whether it's women or this. Because you're like, you're 25 years old making millions of dollars and some of it can range you could be making five million dollars which is fucking absurd you could be making 25 million dollars there's a lot of 25 year olds in the nba and it's like what do you do you've already bought every car you've already you know you took care of your mom you took care of your family and you're just like my only job now is to work out take care of myself and get better because there's only 450 players right so it's like and every year there's a first round second round so every year there's 60 players that come in to that pool that will have a job. They're going to draft these guys. They're going to be on the roster. So that means 60 guys every single year that had a job don't have a job the next year because there's a constant influx. So you're within that 450 range, and there's a 60-person 60, 60 overchange. So you're constantly somewhat fighting yeah. to, like, I don't want to say stay in. You have contracts, but you're always trying to prove yourself. Yeah, and that's why, like, when you have a long career – it doesn't matter, Hall of Fame, not Hall of Fame. Just staying in the NBA for as many years as you did is a huge accomplishment because, like you said, your job is never really safe. Oh, it's, n- it's never safe. And it's it could be an injury. It could be this. It could right. be the timing of things. There's guys that were, like, were about to sign a big contract and then tear their knee up. Like, and sure. it's like, they'll be fine, but they're not going to sign you to a four-year, $60 million contract if you have a year off, you got an ACL. So it's just... It's it's one of those things that kind of conditions you in a very mm-hmm. you know mess. This is very similar to military, right. where you're so regimented. You, like there's more fun, but it's very like, hey, this shit is not a game. You have right. to do it. And even to stay in the league for 17 years, there were times where I was averaging 20 points a game. There was times that I was averaging five. So it's like a lot of times you're constantly like reinventing yourself. Like 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 adaptation. Adaptation is really about survival in this league sure because i can't be like well i'm used to playing 30 minutes it's like well you're 33 years old will you accept 20 minutes a night and averaging seven points a game and it's like yeah i'll do it because i enjoy i enjoy playing basketball so it's like people ask me all the time like do you miss playing basketball and i was like no i miss being 25 and playing basketball but when you're (laughs) 35 years old and you're working out three hours a day to just like keep your body together and play 10, 15 minutes a night. That's a different basketball experience. Right. Will you play in a men's league, though, or no, right? 
I haven't yet. I haven't yet. I, I think I might be close to it. My little boys now are, are seven and nine and just had birthdays. Okay. So like for them as much, like they were still, they were babies when I was in the league and they kind of saw a little bit, but now it's just highlights. So it's like, I'll go to their school and play pickup and I'll do some right. things. So I think I'm almost at a men's league just because my kids can now see it and understand right. it and I can still dunk. So that shit's cool. That's, that is dope. That's to have your dad, a dad that can dunk. Yeah. 100%. Do you, because you know, I travel a lot with comedy and I know they were babies, but it had to be difficult to constantly be on the road, missing your kids, right? Especially when you have kids, I feel like an NBA athlete, same as anything in entertainment. It's like a single man's thing because you got to miss so much time with your family. Yeah. And it also takes a quality partner. Right. And it's mm -hmm. like, um, you do, you, you miss that time with your kids, but there's also positives to it, right? right? There is, there are some positives, like you're providing a better life for your kids. You're out there traveling. You're also showing your kids a level of discipline, right? So it's like my kids, uh, I'll never forget my, my wife. Like when I decided to retire, it was like September and she was like, you know, it was like day, day two. It was like, I announced my retirement on a Monday and I posted social just like, Hey, I'm going to move on. going to go do broadcasting. And then it was like, Monday comes around. She, what do you do? He's like, I'm going to go work out. It's like, she was like, still. And I'm like, yes. If I like, I'm like a fucking Labrador retriever. If I don't burn two hours of energy, it's not just like complete stasis. It's not yeah. like I'm just going to sit there and do nothing. Dude. So, and you fat would look horrible, oh, bro. So Could bad. you imagine how bad fat you do not? You look good like this, bro. You can't get and fat. I'm, and I'm such an asshole. Like I make yeah. fun of all the fat people. I make fun of everybody like big perk, love them to death. But yeah, you know, it's like, you gotta be able to to at least like shame your friends a little bit. Sure. It's like, bro, like, do we really need seven Diet Cokes with like a bucket of fried chicken right now? You can't but do we, it. We, 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 yeah, like Vito, Vito, who works for us right now, he's got baby teeth. His, his, look at his teeth. Look at his teeth. Do you see those? It, when he was a baby, his teeth never grew in. So those, those you, are. You have, a, you have a nice smile. Don't let him mess with you. You have a beautiful smile. But all, it's. All my fronts are fake anyway. So you got like, fake I, teeth? Yeah, so I can't. I'm not judging. How'd you anybody. not get. What, what happened to your teeth? Well, one, I was poor growing up. So I didn't really have like quality money for braces. And so, you know, <laughs> when I got a little bit of money, I was like, yeah, let me clean these bad boys up. Let me yeah. get them. So, yeah. but, you know, look, so I don't ever. I, I, I personally. I'll make fun of people that have things within their control. His baby teeth are not in you can't, his control. No, you can take his baby teeth out. You can, you can take. Why can't you take your baby teeth out? There is a surgery. I was told I could get surgery, but I would just, I would have to get my baby teeth pulled out. Then I would have to get the, the adult teeth pulled out and then put implants in. Yeah, see, that seems like a lot of work. Right? You have a nice smile. Don't do that. So you would keep, if you were Vito, you would keep your baby teeth in your head. You, you married? You got a girl? I am married, yeah. Okay, yeah, then who gives a fuck? He's got well, a girl. No, but I told him it's borderline. His wife could go to prison because his baby mouth is pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> I have no response to that one. <laughs> I have, I have, Richard I have, Jefferson live on ESPN. Yeah, I have, I, have, I, have no, I have no response to that. But you travel, you understand. Yes. But this is what I will say what I do with my kids. And they don't fully understand it right now. Like, I either take the first flight out. Like, if I'm coming back, I'm 6 a.m. I'm mm -hmm. out. Or I'm taking the last flight out. So if I'm coming to New York, put them to bed. And then I take, like, a 10 o'clock red sure. eye. So you try and limit that mm -hmm. that you can do. But, you know, I, I, I think what I'm – like, my father showed me, and it wasn't, like, this type of travel. There's a work ethic, I think, as a man that should always be respected. And so if a person is doing this stuff – like, if that's his vision, if you're an individual that is always driven, it's not, I need more, I need more, but it's like, I have this ability. And, you know, if you have this ability and you don't use it, you start to have this regret, this, what am I doing? And right. it's like, I have opportunities. So uh, now it's more about when my kids are like, oh, daddy, you played basketball. And I was like, yes, well, why do you talk about basketball? Because one, I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Two, it gives me a purpose. And I think uh, a man without a purpose 
that that's that's a scary place to be. Do you do you want your boys to like? Are they playing ball? Are you pushing it on them? They're playing sports, but I'm not pushing it. That's good. I, I'm not pushing it. It's like they're around it all the time. Yeah. Only thing that's on my like, uh, I love all sports. So the only thing that's on my TV, like I'm not watching shows. I'm not doing this. It's it's Wimbledon. It's it's oh. U.S. Open. It's boxing. It's UFC. It's it's basketball. It's it's baseball playoffs. It's football. So sports are on at all times right. in my house, and I'm just like, I'm sure, your wife loves it. Yeah, well, yes. Well, because she doesn't want, you know, you know we're, yeah. dads are more lax. We're no, like, oh, you can watch a movie. You can watch yeah, this. Yeah. So, like, in order to not, because I like TV, so yeah. in order to not, like, oh, the kids are just watching movies. Like, no, 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 they're watching football, and I'm explaining them Explaining to, to them. Yeah. yeah. Teaching. But, teaching. That, but that was my fondest memories uh, as a kid with my dad, right? Like, my dad was an Eagles fan. He loved tennis. My parents didn't play sports, but like he was he was a Philly guy, so it was like I would sit there and I would you know teach me about Randall Cunningham and Keith Byers and Reggie White. I would sit there and watch tennis, so I would watch Andre right. Agassi. So I would watch these guys, and so it was like I learned so much. So now to sit with my two little boys, and even sometimes they're playing with Legos or doing this, right. but just to have it on, they're absorbing information. Right now, what about your feet? NBA players usually have horrific feet. How are your feet? I got bunions. That's oh. it. It's the it's the bunion. Do thing. we got the bunion corrector? Yeah. Did we lose it? threw it away oh we threw it away we had yeah. a bunion corrector in here last week yeah but so like what are you gonna do with your bunions dude well this is the thing my toes ain't black and blue they're not crumpled up but it was just like that and it was more of like torn ligaments on both sides but it's like look man there's 17 years of steps yeah in in those toes and so they're not banged up like i'm not one of those people that are wearing like socks and slides like i'm right. not i'm not ashamed you'll of my show toe. the foot i'll show the foot i got no problem showing you want to take foot. your foot out i live i Look, look, I got Let's no see, problem. Let's see, who's got a worse foot? No, oh, see, look, I got a, I got a, look I got a. Whoa, RJ's got nice feet. Look that at that. That's what I'm saying. I got, my toes ain't bad. Look at and this. we're giving this shit for free. I don't, look I don't at that. Know. Look, my Yo. toe, that's what I'm saying. I don't got black and blues. No, you I don't. don't you got toe. good. But, but, but this bad boy, this did will start rubbing on you. Yeah. It ain't. It, it's not what you want. The other one's not as bad. This Yo. one, this one, that that bunion will get you. Quick. Bro, you're welcome on Wiki Feet right now. A lot oh, of you motherfuckers, mother, a lot of you fuckers just got shit for free right there. Yes. Um, I'm starting OnlyFans. Seriously, I would too. Now let me <laughs> ask you a question. What you played? You're one of like these rare guys. You played against MJ, Kobe, and LeBron. So, in your opinion, who's the goat? Ooh, I, you know what? Yes. I, no, no, no. See, we're, we're, okay. This one I'm gonna say about the goat conversation. I don't think that there is a true, true go. Bas okay. Basketball is one of those rare sports where that's why it's so much fun. Excuse me. That's why people argue about it so much. Like, look, if we break it down, best NBA, most successful NBA player every time, any, of all time is Bill Russell. Mm -hmm. the, greatest per the greatest basketball career that was ever had from start to finish, it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mm -hmm. right? Never lost in high school, won three national championships at UCLA, wins five championships, six NBA. Like, you go look at his total basketball career, no one's got a resume like him. Sure. Michael Jordan, once he got to the NBA Finals, that was his shit. He owned it. He was, it was iconic. It was like he always delivered. You would do promos for the Bulls versus Jazz, and it was like two minutes of Michael Jordan. And like they were like, who are they playing? Because it was like that's all. <laughs> and he and he always delivered. So from that, there is a a, a perfection that he had that six zero. But when you then you start breaking down stats and numbers, LeBron James, elite. There's no right. one's going to be able to touch the numbers that he did, and he was a champion. And no one's had more pressure in the history of the NBA than right. him. Kobe, Kobe showed what an absurd 
psychotic work ethic can get you and his intensity and the Mamba mentality. And all. So it was like when you look at each each one of them across that board, whether it's Bill Russell, Kareem, Kobe, uh, um, LeBron, they all did things that better than the other one. Right. They all did things better than the other, whether it's longevity. Look, Kobe, we see Kobe. At the end of his career, he was struggling. Torn Achilles, yeah. banged up, because he pushed himself to the end. Like LeBron, the longevity should be a part of your greatness. How long can you be great for is a part of the stat. And he's been the greatest for the longest. But can we say he doesn't have six championships, doesn't have 11 like Bill Russell. So it's like... It, it The conversation is a shitty conversation. That's why it's a great conversation. I can't stress Kiwi Co. enough. It is literally the thing that my kids look forward to the most. I think my kids look forward more to Kiwi Co. coming to the door than me coming to the door. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because it's it's they already know. We've done like three or four projects of it, my son and I. And by the third one... He was already jazzed. There, no like, no. Hey, man, let's go. Let's do this yeah. thing. As soon as I mentioned what we were doing, he was in, ready to go, dude. And it's one of those things. Like I built a volcano with my daughter with Kiwico, follow the steps. It makes me feel good. I'm like, oh, I actually know how to build something and can do something cool, as opposed to just having to sit there where like Jasmine builds the forts. Yes, I don't even remotely know. I don't know how to do any of the stuff, but Kiwico gives me confidence, and I'm a grown kid. Dude, my wife just built me a sewing machine desk. Yes. I get it. She built it. <laughs> she yeah. built it So you could sit me. there and sew. <laughs> KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. What KiwiCo is, is it delivers seriously fun learning for kids of all ages through hands-on projects and activities. Each month, kids receive crates, packed with engaging hands-on activities designed to introduce them to existing science, technology, and art concepts. There is always something new for kids to discover, like engineering robots or learning about the science of ice cream. I love that. Yeah, and kids are naturally into this stuff. So cultivate your child's curiosity while encouraging them to be an innovator and creative thinker. They'll explore new worlds and rediscover familiar ones without leaving home. Yes. Give them the tools to learn new skills, build new experiences, and make new connections to the broader world from discovering the science of magic to engineering a domino machine and more. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month on any crate line at KiwiCo.com with promo code CHAOS. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com, promo code CHAOS. Do you have hair thinning, shedding, hair issues? Well, then Nutrafol has a proactive approach and they because Nutrafol targets the root causes. Here's the thing. Nutrafol... I got a friend who's balding. Yeah, yeah. Gave him Nutrafol. It's the only product that I've seen that actually I noticed the kid had more hair. No kidding. I just noticed it. I noticed he had more hair. Different things work for different people. In my experience, I saw Nutrafol work for a friend of mine. Hair thinning is not inevitable, okay? You take control of your hair's future before it's too late. Nutrafol is clinically tested hair growth supplement for men. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime. Yeah. It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. That's right. Nutrafol. Let me see your hair, Mike. Is it tough? Is it coming back in the sides? Somebody 
John, go get the Nutrafol. <laughs> I just go like this and just a clump <laughs> of hair comes out of my head. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement brand with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men yeah. and enter the promo code chaos. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T- <laughs> R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men. Enter promo code chaos. What do they have to do, Mike? Neutrafold dot com slash men. Enter the code chaos. He ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) What was it like winning a championship in Cleveland? I mean, I know people went nuts, but you're also in Cleveland. Well, you say. So what did you guys do? You say that. You say that. Some of these cities we talked about, if you show up in October and you're done in April, right? Right. Like, that's a, that's, if you're in Minnesota, if you're in Milwaukee, if you're in Cleveland, like, it is negative 20 degrees. It's snow. But if you play till June, shit's fun. Yeah. Right? The weather's out. Everyone's out. Bars are filled. Like, you get to be in, like, you know, it's like going to Chicago and watching the Cubs in the World Series. Like, the whole town is out. So I would say, this is the coolest thing about winning a championship in Cleveland. We won a championship for Ohio. It was like Ohio hadn't won anything, and it was like since the since the Browns. So the Indians, it, it didn't, it you know the like the Browns hadn't won in in so like we we ended something for an entire state, and that's why the coolest thing about it to me was we won on Father's Day. So there were generation of men that would come up to me and still do, and they'll, now they'll just say thank you. But the first couple of years, it was like. I used to watch with my grandfather. I used to watch with my dad. You guys won on Father's Day. I'm with my dad. And, like, the you know, the curse or the bullshit was over. So it was just so emotional for people. It wasn't just the Celtics, hey, we won our, you know, eight-team championship. Lakers, hey, right. we're great. No, it was like there was multi-generations of right. people that just felt a burden taken off of them. Right. And that that's what got – that's what made it special because there was a connectivity to, like, the whole state and what we were doing. Well, I appreciate it. it was a good Father's Day for you uh, because my father had $1,000 on Golden State. Did he? So That's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, we I, lost everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, because of uh, your winning. You say everything is $1,000 all he had? Yeah, we're barely. I live in this studio. <laughs> no, no, hey, listen. <laughs> nice studio. It's not bad. But, Thank you. No, no, no. But, <laughs> no, you, but you understand this. Where are you I, from originally? New York. Okay, so you're yeah. a Knicks fan. Yes, of course. So you understand the pain. Yeah, of course, dude. You understand like. We're excited right now, but we don't get too excited. Because you, you just don't be know. Excited. You're like. This is what I would say. This team is very, very good. Yes. You are one piece away from being a championship contender. Right now, you're like conference finalists. Like, you're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. One of the best teams in the conference. But there's only like six guys that have led, that are playing right now. Yeah. That have led a team to a championship. And it's Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi, Steph, KD. And I... Who, who else am I missing? Um, uh, I'm missing somebody. I'll figure it out. Right. But, but my point is, is that that's a very elite group right. to do. So for Brunson or these guys to get yeah. to that championship, you're going to have to run through two or three of those dudes. Yeah. And that's the part that, like, it takes a lot to build a championship. Yeah. And, you know, no, I stay in the moment with the Knicks. Like, I, I've always supported them for ups and downs. And it's like one of those things, whether they win the championship or not, I'm just like, it's so much fun to be in the garden now. It feels like the 90s again. It feels like Charles Oakley is back there again, where you're like, 
whoa, the energy's crazy. Yeah, the, but that's yeah. what that's what makes it so much fun. Like people, like Knicks fans have had a tough go, and right. like I've 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 I have mended my relationship with Knicks fans because mm-hmm. when I was with the Nets, we used to whoop their ass, and then. When I got into broadcasting, I was like, ah, they suck. Like, fuck the Knicks. Like, what talk? Of, and it was like, Knicks, Twitter. And, I, and I'm like, look, when you guys are good, I will give you the credit. I will give any team the credit. When you guys are shit, and this is the thing that people understand, in, in sports media across boards, not just basketball, it's football, it's baseball, you talk about six teams and ten players. That's it. And if you're not one of those six Six teams. If you're not one, you're, you're going to talk about the Lakers. You're going to talk about the Knicks. You're going to talk about the Celtics. You're going to talk about Golden State. You're going to talk about the big markets, or you're going to talk about one of these ten players, Giannis. You're yeah. going to talk about Joel Embiid. You're going to talk. So it's like ten players, six teams. If we got to talk about you, and if you suck, we still got to talk about you. There's some. We're pissed off about this shit too. It's like we got to talk about the Golden State Warriors and the and the Lakers and what they got to do to figure this shit out. They're both 500 teams right now, right. and we spend 20 percent of our time still talking about those teams because of right. the players and all the bullshit. So I've mended my relationship with the Knicks because now that they're good, it's like guys, I'm not a hater. If you guys are good, I will give you right. all the love and be honest. If you guys are shit. Yeah, but the way I give shit is I'll crack jokes. Yeah. And that's the shit that bothers them. Yeah, no, because it's a good point you make, too, because, you know, when I, before I got into entertainment, I used to just watch the, you know, ESPN or whatever it is and be like, oh, these guys are excited to talk about it. Or like, not, I wasn't even listening, but now I know from like doing a podcast multiple times a week, it's like sometimes you got to just force yourself to talk about things. Yeah. Like sometimes I'm like, I'm sure there's times you're like, dude, I don't want to talk about, I, how many times are you going to talk about LeBron James, but you have to be on there like, I have 25 minutes on new thoughts on LeBron yes. and the Lakers. And what they can do to fix. And yeah. what, what can Golden State, yeah. who can they, then they start, who can they trade? Whose fault is it? What do you think about this game? What do you think about this rotation? What do you think about Steve? Yeah. So they'll just kind of mix it up because they have the biggest fan base, right? They have the biggest fan base. They have one of the most famous players to ever play in sure. the league and stuff. So it's like, you're always navigating that. But it's like, when fans will hit me, you guys, it's like, motherfucker, I'm not writing the story. I'm not writing the, yeah. the, the rundown. This is what I come in here and tell me. I try and sneak in some other shit, but it's look, it's tough in sports because right. you got to deal with the fan bases and you got to deal with yeah. all of that. I know now, like, too, like, you know, my friends are always like, you know, they are the guys calling into the radio station, tweeting at NBA players or MLB players. I'm like, you guys are so dumb. Well, we You're don't such care. such a dummy. We don't care. Yeah. Well, it's like you try and tell people, like, okay, let me let me give you guys a, a perspective, right? And I, I love it. Fan engagement is what makes the NBA and what makes all sports great. Fan engagement. If you don't got fan engagement, if nobody's watching, no one's engaging. But it can be negative at times. But I just try and tell people, they're like, oh, booing. And, and yeah. I'm like, I was playing in front of 20,000 people when yeah. I was 16, 17 years old. This is all I've known. Do you think, like, every college game I played in was sold out. NBA. So yeah. you're like, like, you tweeting at me that I suck. It's like... Yeah. Why are you spending that energy on yourself, dude? I, I tell my friends that my friends from all the time, like you know, diehard Mets friend. I got a friend, Jimmy JetBlue. He'll always like his whole day will be dictated by what the Mets do, and I'm like, bro, what are you, what are you doing? Go live your life. I said, you know, like what Pete Alonso's gonna do. I said, buddy. T- Jimmy, if you got even near Pete Alonso and said something, he'd beat you to death with a baseball bat. So just shut up and live your life. Oh, and these are the same people that will fucking heckle you and talk shit yes. and then ask you to sign a jersey if they see you and oh. ask you to And I don't, look, this is one thing that I've gotten more aware of now that I'm in media. When I was a player, we truly do not give a fuck. Right. Like, we go to other teams, we get traded, we've signed free agency. Like, we're just here to have a job, do our best. No one that goes out there and intentionally misses shots. And sometimes we're shit. I had seasons where I was shit. I had seasons where I was really fucking good. We don't care about that. But now that I'm in the media, 
I have a much better understanding of how much yeah. fans care, like how much they live and die by like what the regular season rotation is. Who yeah. are we playing this week? Who's our new coach? Like, who are we drafting? It's like, I didn't, I had no clue. Yeah, dude. And also like you're human. Like I got to know Tiki Barber, you know, from the yeah, New York yeah, yeah. Giants. And he was like, bro, like there would be times where like I had a bad game as a human being. Cause like I got into a fight with my wife, like, that's real stuff. I remember one time I was on stage about to go do a show for 2,000 people, and my girl texted me, all your text messages got uploaded onto the laptop. I was like, ay, Dios mio. Oh, no. That's not good. Wait, and then I was like, happened? hey, guys. What just happened? She, I somehow, this was like, I was doing a show for like, two, I don't, it was like a couple of years ago. She sends me a text. I'm in the room. I'm about to go on stage. And she goes, hey, FYI, all your text messages are streaming onto the laptop. I, uh, I, she was at home in New York. I was somewhere else and she's like so i you know she, so she's basically just saying i have access to all your text messages I was how like, okay was there, was, like, was there anything in those texts no messages? not really but there, you know context is lost that's the thing <laughs> yeah, it's like no you know if you're, if you're sending you know if you're sending like girls you know butts on instagram to the group chat with the guys like you're fucked you know yeah the, so group, like, the group chat the group chat is is look there's not any individual stuff but the group chat because like yeah. guys are out of themselves they're yeah. telling stories remember that time yes yeah the group chat is where it gets it's oh, not the oh is there somebody there it's the group chat the group chat is the one that like we could all go to jail if dude ever gets out. <laughs> yes the group chat <laughs> my group chat's legitimately illegal and and you know and so my girl's uh uh latina is your wife latina no, why she's black? english she's english like from Britain. Yeah, she's mixed from Whoa, English. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, okay, from England. Yeah. How are they? Are they on the craziness scale? I feel like they're not. They're they're not crazy. They're very, they're, they're very, good. Very, very manners. Very, very manner, and she's very proper English. You know, very posh. Very yeah. You know, big on manners. Me, I don't really give a shit about yeah. any of that stuff. But it, it's that part is fine. I don't have like you know. Listen, yeah. there's good and bads about Latinas, right? Like yeah. you get it, right? I I, Dude, I, I, I love it. I love some people love it. Me, I already have a high stress life, so I try and keep it. <laughs> I keep it a little bit mellow. But no, man, people don't understand. Like you can go through things. Your your people can pass yeah. in your life, and you got to go and play a basketball game. And like, yeah, you kind of want to get out there so you can shut off your brain from that. But it's hard. It's hard to do. There's guys. There's you know, your wife can have you know my my um my wife had an eptopic pregnancy. Sure, I'm like on a way to shoot around and she had to go she had to go to the hospital and they they had to perform and it was like i'm playing a game yeah. now and you don't want to share everything we already share so much as entertainers as athletes you share so much of your life and it's like that shit is is that shit is scary like you know you're and you still got to go do your job and i don't think that's something that we compartmentalize on a very on a most likely a unhealthy level right but that's the thing that people don't understand, and they just they just live in their world. Yeah, dude, because the psychology of sports, like when you have like the really really great ones, or anybody, even you know, to play in the league for as long as you have, there has to be a degree of of blocking everything out. And sometimes when people can't do that, I'm like, dude, that that all goes into are they a good player or a bad player? Can they stay in the league? Can they can't? The mental part is very very important. Yeah, the mental part to me is the physical part you have that kind of spectrum. There's guys that are just so physically gifted that they're going to get an opportunity to play yeah. in the NBA. They're six foot nine and can jump and can run a 40. Same with football, same with baseball. There's certain guys that just have a skill set. But how long and how you maximize your skill set, a lot of that has to do with the environment and what you're creating. And it's tough because, like, we compartmentalize in the space. And, and a lot of times our partners do, too. Because our, yeah. our, it's like, oh, when I get home from a game, like I have, or when I get home from practice, I have to take a nap. I have to do these things. These are my, these are my regimented things sure. that 
if I don't do them and I don't play well, right? If I do all my things and I play and I don't play well, ah, fuck it, another game tomorrow. If like all of a sudden people are calling me with bullshit, I'm trying to do this, there's all this other shit, and then you try and get out there. Now you're pissed off before the first, you miss your first shot and you're mad at your, you're mad at your babysitter because she was 15 minutes late and it bothered your wife and your wife. And it's like, it's, you can't do it without being selfish mentally yeah. and emotionally. And that doesn't tend to lend to positive environments. Hello Fresh, America's number one meal kit. Mikey and I are guys that don't really cook. No, not at all. But Hello Fresh, they send these prepackaged yeah. portion ingredients. I feel like I know how to cook comfortably now because of HelloFresh. Dude, it's changed how I look to my son because I've never cooked a meal up until I started ordering HelloFresh, and now I have everything prepackaged. All the portions yep. are controlled. Yep. The instructions are beat for beat, line for line, what you have to do. As long as I can read, I can follow them, and now my son looks yeah. at me as an actual functional man. Dude, and they have... because Listen, it's around the holidays. We all feel like we're getting a little chubby. Don't say anything about Vito. We get calorie smart. They have calorie smart, protein smart recipes that they deliver each week. They say breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and HelloFresh agrees. You ready for this, dude? Are you ready? I speak about HelloFresh on other podcasts, and I cannot, I just, I genuinely can't believe how this company makes money because they give away so much stuff for yeah. free. And this one I'm about to tell you right here is the craziest thing I've ever heard a company do ever. HelloFresh, you ready for this? is giving away free breakfast for life. Free breakfast for life. That means you're going to enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single every single HelloFresh delivery. Now that's worth waking up early for. How, I, how do you even financially do that, HelloFresh? I have no clue, but all they're going to all you have to do to get free breakfast for life is go to hellofresh.com/chrissyfree and use the code chrissyfree for free breakfast for life that's one breakfast item per box while subscription is active that's awesome. free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash chrissy free with code chrissy free hello fresh america's, america's number, number one, one meal, meal kit. kit let me ask you a question resolving to eat healthier this year was easy actually doing it not so easy well, better nutrition is a key, a key to health and longevity, and a healthy diet could even help you avoid health risks that run in your family. Ooh, Field of Greens is my healthy super fruit and vegetable habit. I really do use this product, and I really do love it. It tastes great, and it's awesome, and it's got me. You know that you're healthy when you're regularly going, and you have S-shaped poops, and I do, and I think it's because Field of Greens. It's the only fruit and vegetable product that literally promises better health. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. How crazy is that? They're literally saying, use my product, and if the doctor doesn't say you're doing better, they'll give you the money back. Do your vitamins or green drinks promise better health? No, they don't. Only Field of Greens does. Each super fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was doctor selected for a specific health benefit. Some support your heart, lungs, kidneys, you name it, they support it. Others support metabolism for healthy energy and weight loss. If you're resolved to getting healthier in 2024, it starts with Field of Greens, and I got you on a discount. You always know I do. 15% off your first order and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com. Use promo code CHAOS. That's promo code CHAOS at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. 
see that's good like you you have a lot of intuition you know a lot you can like talk through that so that that's good now what about your tattoo people people say that you have the worst tattoo of all time what do you think of that are those people haters or are they right there's a combination of their haters and their right look i it's not even the worst tattoo it's I not have. it's not i have worse tattoos on my body really? i'm not showing them to you because it's just going to add did we say rj tattoo concepts i love that yes um, we have a few well this is what i got my tattoo when i was in college or actually in high school yeah right? i snuck and got it like yeah. a lot of, you know just being that kid but i'm like if you really break down nba tattoos there's a lot of shitty tattoos they just cover them in sleeves <laughs> yes, right it's like yes. i have like all these tattoos and then there's like a sleeve with flames and you're like oh that's don't work and you're like if you really break it down segment, I just kind of did it and I got lazy and I was like, I wanted to get more and I probably will now that I'm like 40 going through a midlife crisis. Sure. Like, why not just get like a full sleeve? And Dude, just do what I did. I have a big crucifix on my back and on the bottom of it says faith. No, it doesn't. Yes, I do, dude. I have a huge cross on my back, and on the bottom, without the tattoo artist even, the tattoo artist freehanded it. So all I wanted was a crucifix on my back like I'm fighting in the army of God. And then he shows me, he's like, look at this. And then I look at it, and I'm like, great. And I'm like, what's the word at the bottom? He was like, faith. I was like, I didn't, um, <laughs> I swear to God, I was like, I didn't say to write faith he was like yeah but i just thought it fit Ooh, no you're with, lying i swear to god dude i have a word faith on my back without and i didn't give it permission but what am i gonna do i'm just gonna deal with it you have a tramp stamp that says faith in upper back tramp stamp. Oh, upper back upper, oh, upper back, back tramp stamp yes wow yes dude so That's i would have had the worst nba tattoo if i if i if well no but the, no no there's again my tattoo is not the worst you're right it is the worst singular tattoo and i'll stand by that do you think Keith Van Horn is in his house right now walking around with high water socks on? 100%. This is how he rolls. I, I have not seen, and Keith was, I grew up on the West Coast. He was a Keith. legend, Keith legend, Van Horn. Le yeah. Legend. Yes. Like the shit he was doing, him and Tim Duncan were like, yeah. right, like Keith Van Horn was special. So when I got to the Nets, I got to play with him, and great dude, love him. But it's like, He's one of those. There's a lot of guys in this league that once their time is done, you never see him. So you have not him. seen or heard from Keith Van Horn since the day you guys. No, no. He got traded to the I... Nets on some like random deal and worked yeah. out. But then like he just disappears. And there's that happens a lot. You got you guys that you just never hear because they don't want to talk about basketball. They move to Idaho and they yeah. build a farm and they just hang out with their family. What does Keith Van Horn look like now? Can somebody get a pick of Keith I Van Horn? I bet you Keith Van Horn looks the exact, exact same as as he did. Like Tim Duncan. Like he had a little bit of like a little bit of time like right. around around the league, but it's like no one's seen Tim in like like 2 years. Well, doesn't Tim doesn't Tim Duncan now? He's got like long hair now, right? Oh, look, look at Keith. Keith looks good. No, he looks great, Keith the, Van Horn. The hair is still there. Keith Van Horn looks like he's like big in bit to Bitcoin now. Uh, he's oh, got yeah. a Bitcoin face. Oh, yeah. He he he's I would say shrooms, right? Yes. Like he said, like Jake Plummer was was selling shrooms. Like, you know, look, but Keith Keith was a very, very good teammate, man. I have nothing to say, but he was a legend. Legend, dude. And then I mean, literally didn't give a fuck rock the high water diabetes compression socks like he didn't give a shit at all and they weren't even like dope ones they were like i bought these shits at costco walmart and deal with it i'll drop 30 on you oh yeah and it was i like, love it he's pale the white jerseys yeah. the white socks it's just like bro that's aggressive but I i'll tell you this people don't understand this so we, we used we used to do like all sorts of drills and training and stuff and it was me, Keith, and Kenyon, and we were kind of doing a who could touch the highest thing. I was third. Yeah. But Keith 
could touch higher than anyone. He had hops. Like, he had bounce, but it was like he was. There are certain guys with bounce that you don't always see it, but every once in a while. Yeah. But if you say start from here, run to there and touch that, Keith was touching. Keith was what. 12 and change easy wow. yeah 12 and change easy like i couldn't like longer arms he's six foot ten i had a good vert but it was like when you realize like in a jump ball keith would whoop all our asses like he was that athletic that long that tall that gifted here's the thing here's what i know is possible most likely keith van horn will hear this who else is talking about keith van horn uh, no it's just us bro one of his friends is going to send him <laughs> yeah. this and keith will probably they'll send it to him he's like yo they were talking about you and he's like yeah it's okay <laughs> yeah he does he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit about it. Um, we like to have uh, fans call in with voicemails. We give them advice on stuff. Let's listen to one of these voicemails. I think one of these, this is going to be good. Richard will have nice advice on this because it's about having a son. Oh. Here hey, we go. Hey, Chris. This is Jared from uh, Texas. I was just calling because I feel like it's a little bit hard for me to connect with my son. We both like video games, but uh, there's video games that I play and there's video games that he plays. Um, another thing is I feel like he's kind of a pussy. So how do I get him to not be a pussy, but also how do I get to, uh, connect with him a little bit better? Any, uh, advice is appreciated. Thank you. Oh, that's okay. Uh, well, I mean, how do you, first of all, how old is your kid? Yeah. And how, I mean, we... it's like, if he's five years old, is he really pussy? I mean, he's a little kid. Yeah, he's a little kid. And it's like, <laughs> like I, I, if he's a kid, if he's saying, is he 12? And he's yeah, got like, well, look, this is what I would say. You both like video games. I loved video games. Yeah. Like, you know, kids like the sure. NBA players are playing Fortnite and Call of Duty. I was playing Halo back in the day for 12 hours with my boys. So it's like, this is what I'm saying. If you, men are hunters, right? Over the, hunters over, get them out fucking side. Yeah. Get, and, I'm not, and I'm saying it's like, if you're having trouble connecting with your son, start a new hobby with your son. Like, hey, son, once a week, we're going to go to miniature golf. Once a week, we're going to go hit balls at a low. Yeah. Like, we suck at golf, but we're going to, this is something that we're going to do. And if he's a little bit of a pussy, you have to put him in an environment to not make him a pussy. Put him in UFC. Yeah, 100%. I, I'm okay with watching kids fight. I have no problem. I have no problem. But my biggest thing is that if you feel like if you're having trouble connecting with your kid, you guys play different games, well, start a game together. Yeah. Start, find, and I personally think it is a parent's job to connect with your children, yeah. right? You have to, if that means you got to find 10 different things, one of these things we're going to connect. Do we like the same movies? Do we like, do, you know, do we want to go out? Do we want to go fishing? Like even shit that you would have been like, I don't want to fish, but you're like, I'm having trouble connecting with my son. Maybe my son will like to fish. Maybe that's something that we can do together. I'll give you an example. My wife and I, we we don't, uh, my wife, she works out, but not like that. I'm like a psychotic person when it comes to right. working out and stuff. And so as soon as I retired, I had a bunch of my boys that were like, Richard, as soon as you retire, we're going to get you doing a bunch of white guy shit. And I'm like, okay. And so as soon as I retire, I go skiing, right? Yes. Never skied before in my life. We're not allowed to ski. And so I'm on the mountain. I'm on the mountain. And like me and my wife both took lessons. My buddy got us dialed in. I was like, okay, I'm retired now. Let, let's see what this is about. Have a fucking great time. Wife has a great time. And when I'm on the mountain for the very first time, like doing this shit, I see little bitty fucking kids crushing down the mountain. And I'm like, what? They're like, oh, yeah, you put your kids in ski school from nine to three, and then you pick them up, and it's like, then you get to go ski all day. So I was like, I'll be right back. Literally, me and my family went skiing like four or five times. And it was like, now it's something that my family and I do together. Right. Like, I've taken my boys. We went to Vail. We've been to Aspen, like, just in this past year. And uh, the point is, is more of like, 
you get to a space where it's like, okay, how do we connect? I'm retired now. I've only been a basketball player. Like, I don't want to go sit on an island. I don't want to go sit on a beach. And I'm like, what's an activity that the whole family can do? Pack all the kids, drive up to Big Bear, drive to Mammoth. And so it's like, we found a way to all connect with something yes. as a family. And like, it's your job, my guy listening, it is your job to go through a checklist of how to like connect with my kid. And if you, and if you feel like your kid's a little bit of a pussy, then you have to find something that gives him a little bit more of an edge. Right. That's right. There you go. There's my advice. I, yeah. And that was the, he was the right guy to answer that. Cause I have two daughters. So I have, <laughs> I have biological females. Oh, um, good so for you. Man. There it is, man. I got yeah. two little Latina girls who, uh, how old eight and two. Oh, that's a gap. Yes. So eight. the eight-year-old acts like the mom to the yeah. two. She's just telling her what to do and like, no. Yeah, like my eight-year-old, we moved from Staten Island um, to Queens, and we had a you know nice, really big, nice house in Staten Island, and we moved to Queens to be closer to the city. But, of course, the real estate goes way up the closer to the city you get. So I was like, oh, it'll be better environment closer to the city. And my daughter's like, did you lose your money? <laughs> why do you? Why are we living in this? And I'm like, you're eight. We're closer to the city. We can like walk to stuff now. She's like, did you lose the money? She went, they want the yard. She knew. Yeah. She was like, I want the yard. I'm like, I don't care about walking to the bagel store. We had a yard and an in-ground pool. Yeah. And now we don't. And how are you going to fix this? So I'm like, damn. And then her mother is also looking at me like, yes, how are you going to fix this? <laughs> She's like, yeah, she, look, look. yeah. Our daughter is saying the yeah. shit that I really want to say. But yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, look, man, I got two little boys and like, it yeah. is tough. Like I grew up with nothing. I grew up right. solo riding the bus right. to, to like play basketball. And now my kids are like, uh, daddy, why is there no prosciutto with this melon? And you're yes. just like, fuck you, bro. Yeah, no, fuck. I know. And so it's look, even for a person in my position that like grew up in a very kind of gritty way. Mm -hmm. And then now I I got two kids that are sheltered in Hermosa Beach on the beach. Right. You're just like, there's a lot of little bit of resentment that comes from your sure. kids. So all you're doing, in my opinion, is adding character. That's I it. thought about moving to New York. I'm like, oh, maybe I can move to New York for just like a couple years, give the kids a different experience, make them understand yeah. every day when they're driving to school and they're looking at the ocean how fucking lucky they are. Right. You know, it's a good idea. So move to New York. Well, let's calm down now because my <laughs> kids would look at me the same way. Yeah. Your kids are like, is everything all right, Dad? I know. Like, why well, are dude, we here? Well, here's the thing, too, with, with, with you know, I know, I know in the grand scheme of things, you know, comparatively to, you know, American society, obviously, yes, professional athletes make a ton of money, of course, yes. But when you see those contracts on, you know, the, you know, ESPN, this so-and-so signed a contract. You're not accounting accounting for taxes. You're not accounting for percentages to the ages. You're not accounting for all this shit. So it's like this idea that this you never have to work again, it depends, man, because you can make a lot of money, but a lot of money gets taken from you. Yes. You yeah, know? a lot of money gets taken from you, but it's, again, contracts are getting to a space now where you'd have to be fucking an idiot to spend it all. But Somebody still, will do it. Someone 100%. Well, it'll be stolen. It'll be manipulated. Yeah. It's not guys are buying 10 Ferraris. Like, I think we're guys are guys are far more intelligent now than yeah. just to, like, do those things. But you could, still, you could still get messed up with that stuff. But I think it's less about the money. Bro, I'm 35 years old. I like to consider, or I was 35, 36 yeah. when I retired, and I'm like, I like to consider myself like an intelligent person. Why not go and challenge yourself? Why not go do more? And so it's like, I don't have to work. Right. But I also enjoy challenging myself. I enjoy like working on something. I enjoy getting better. Yeah. And that's kind of the message with my kids. It's like now it's like, yeah, like you guys, yeah, you'll probably have trust funds. I get that shit. But like I had money. That didn't stop me from fucking going out yeah, there and dude. still grinding. So it's just, it's just the right message. Bro, I mean, uh, uh, 
Jeff Bezos goes to work every day. Yes. This guy doesn't have to go to work. No, but but he didn't get there without working, right? He should pay for your teeth. Goddamn right. <laughs> Seriously, dude. Yeah, can Bezos, we get health care? If you're listening, why don't we get Vito an adult set of teeth? I, I honestly I just need two. I don't real, need a whole set. Real quick. No, but don't, don't you have to have surgeries and pull all this stuff out though, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I just mean I don't need a whole set. I just dude, need two. Speaking of babies, John, how about this? John's girlfriend doesn't even speak English. She only speaks Spanish. They got to communicate through Google Translate. She Google translated him last week, said her period's late by five days. A Latina girl from where? Ecuador? Dude. Oh, yeah, Ecuador. Yeah, dude. So this is this is the fucking drama that wait we got going on with wait, him. Wait, dude. wait, wait, wait a second. Wait He's a second. He's got Vito's baby teeth in. You just yeah. You you don't speak Spanish. No, I, I speak a little bit of Spanish. She speaks zero English. Yeah, but not enough to have like a full conversation no, 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 at yeah. dinner, dude. Imagine that your girlfriend doesn't speak the language. Just the basics. First, are you one of those like passport bros? Is that what you? No. Were? <laughs> <laughs> he, went, he went to Colombia and got one of those that just. Yeah, where did you even? Yeah, meet her? You, we've never where, actually asked. Uh, Bumble, Bumble, dating app. Yeah. She was on da dating but app, not speaking her, English. Was her profile in English? Yeah, it was. So I kind of got. Bumble. Yeah. So when you okay, okay, we're not gonna go sidetrack, but when you went to dinner, like she obviously is good looking. But like if you went to dinner and you're like, how are we going to do this? Uh I mean it, when I picked her up, she hopped in my car and it, like I asked her, like, hey, like, how's it going? You know, nice to meet you. Yeah. All responses were in Spanish. I go, we're we're in for one. How long have you been? Uh like two months now. Yeah. Uh are you planning on learning Spanish? I mean, I, I have like a like a three hundred day Duolingo streak, so you know I'm working there on it. There you go. Congrats. Oh, okay. l l l last question. You said she's late. Uh, by yeah, I mean at this point, yeah, it's probably like a weekish. We can change. Uh, well, so. congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> I, I, look, there there's certain there's certain ovaries that are Spanish ovaries are. Yep. Like, look, I grew up in Arizona, a lot of Mexicans, sure. like lot, just it's somewhat diverse, but it's basically black, white, and Mexican. Yeah. And look, the Mexican ovaries, the Spanish ovaries, that they, they are the strongest. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dude, well, there you go. Um, here's the thing. How about this? Let's do. Oh, you, you were you're you're like a professional trash talker. So if we were if I was in the NBA and you were talking trash to me, what do you think you'd say? I, you know, I don't know. I, I like, what would you say? I can't, I can't say. It. I just like, we, I don't speak unless spoken to. That's not got it. it. But we would probably, like, you, like, look, you're a white dude. You've got the beautiful head of hair. We'd fucking make fun of you. Like, yes. you know, like, look, MJ would be like, yeah, MJ would say shit like, yo, there's not a white boy on the fucking planet that can guard me. Like, that's what he would look yes. at you and say that, right? Yes. And like, even Larry Bird would say the same shit. Larry yes. Bird walked out there. I forgot who they were playing. And it was like, they were, I think it was like, they were starting like Kelly Trapuca and somebody yeah. else. And Larry Bird looked at, looked at their teams like, y'all ain't got no black dudes to guard me. Oh, y'all fucked. Yeah. Right. And it's like, those are the little things. And it's like the That's trash, great. the trash talk is like, Larry would talk shit. If you didn't have a brother guarding him, he'd be like, yo, they're like MJ. Like that's where it is. It, I don't think the trash talk is a little different now because yeah. you know, guys yeah, will you tell you can't be racist. Now. You can't be racist, but yeah. Oh, there was a lot of racist trash talk when you, when I first got into the league and then like you hear the stories of like the nineties and two thousands It's just like, there was, you know, Europeans, they yeah. would call them fucking soft and yeah. say all this shit and yeah. just like they would talk and europeans actually aren't soft some of them come like yeah a lot of europeans come from yugoslavia the former sure. yugoslavia those motherfuckers have seen some shit they've yeah. seen some shit so like don't think just because you from south side chicago yeah he's from bosnia herzegovina yeah like he's yeah. seen he's seen bombs not like drive-bys dude that but i'm telling you man i had the honor of sitting pretty close last week st john's played villanova at the garden 
And so I was sitting like one row behind the St. John's bench. So I could see coach Rick Patino. Like I could see everything we was saying to the players. Like I could hear him. It was like, yo, they were right there. Yeah. So one of the guys on St. John's threw the ball out of bounds, you know, whatever, young bonehead play, whatever. And you think like, you know, the world we live in, you got to be careful, these kids. And then Rick Patino's just looking at him as he's like walking off the, the court. And like the cameras couldn't see this, only I could. And then he like looks in his face, he goes, are you a fucking asshole? And then, and then, the, kid, and then the kid just sits down. But then, bro, like five minutes later, puts the kid in, the kid comes down, nails a three, and Rick Patino hugs him, and the kid played it. You could, t I could tell. I, I only on the I only saw them for a couple hours. I could tell these kids will run through a wall for Patino because he's not babying them. It's like, yeah, dude, we're grown men. You're a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like that's okay. Where like if you take this soft route, especially with athletes, I don't know if that's doing them any good, man. Like talk talk to me like I'm a man. Well, when you when you get to that space, like I right. okay, my kids are seven and nine right yeah, now. Not so they're yet. no no no, but they're in that like yeah. basketball space where now yeah. you have these super intense coaches yeah. and what do you do? Blah blah blah. And it actually helps you as a parent because it's like, hey, hey, buddy, like if coach tells you two or three times to do something and you don't, are you gonna play? Right. No, I'm not going to play. If daddy tells you to clean your room two or three times, is daddy going to get upset? Like, yeah. And so they start to see the 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 kind of like the translation between, you know, fucking you got to be intense to a certain degree. Again, there's a level of this thing. I don't think you should be yelling at kids until they're 10, 11, 12. Right. Right. Seven, eight, nine. You but know, if you're 20 years old, 20 you years talk old, to me. you're a fucking grown man. Right. right if yeah, you yeah. can buy a weapon, you yeah. could be in war right now. Yeah. You could have signed up for the Marines. You've signed up for this. Yeah. There's positives to this. Get back on fucking defense. Don't, I don't want to hear any bullshit. I don't care about right. what your Instagram followers are. Fucking get back on fucking defense. Right? right. So it's like, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with that. And that's part of it. There's not my, one of my favorite quotes. No one has ever been coddled to greatness. Mm. Right. Th that's it's it. True. Do you show me any person that's achieved any sort of like elite or greatness? It's never been just pat on the backs and hugs the entire way. Right. Right. Now, real quick. Do you think col cause college coaches like the way Lute Olson spoke to you probably wasn't the same. An NBA coach. Would speak oh, to no. you. No. They can't. NBA coaches can't do that because there's egos involved. No, it's actually vice versa. It's actually really? vice versa. Like, Lute Olsen was like, he was like your grandfather. Like, old, very, very old school. Where it was like, you weren't, he never cussed, and you weren't allowed to cuss. So he Respect was just, that. I'm like, oh, this is some bullshit. Richard, watch your mouth. We don't use that type of language here. Because he would never cuss at you. He just knew how to get inside of your soul and challenge your manhood. Right. That's what he would do. That's the motivation. And it was like, he was just like, it's like your stern, stern grandfather. You love him, you hug him, but you always keep a distance. You're right. always just that. So like, but now in the NBA, there's veterans that you can talk like that because they've seen some shit, but young players, their confidence are so fragile, right. even when they're super talented. Everyone's talented if you get drafted in the top 10 or there, but it's like their, their confidence becomes a little bit more fragile of like, you got to you gotta give them. They're still 19 years old playing against 35-year-olds right. and no fucking way more. So it's just the best coaches figure out how to talk. Some kids need a kick in the butt. Some kids need a pat on the back, and that's the way coaching that's is. That's the way it is. Yeah. All right, boys. Anything else? Anything for Richard that you want to ask? I got a question. What do you got? What's it like to get screamed at by LeBron James? It's actually not that bad. It's because, like, most of the time, most of the time, we're all self-aware to the point of, like, if I fuck up, I know I fucked up. And sometimes I fuck up, and I deserve to get yelled at. I deserve, like, like you said, 
you you met you you know I don't know if you're married you got a relationship you got your girl sometimes your wife deserves to fucking yell at you sure. and you're like yeah, most I've, times yeah it's like yo I fucked up and so it's like he does 90% of the work. He just expects everyone else to do the other 10%. So like, yeah, he gets blamed whether we, he gets the credit we win. He gets the blame if we lose. No, everyone's talking about LeBron James's finals records, but they're never talking about his teammates. And it's like, Oh, this and it, no, yeah. it's like LeBron James. So it's like for him, there's a different type of pressure on the Kobe's on the LeBron's. On right. the, so they're going to be far more intense. Right. And understandably. So like, when I was a high school player trying to win a state championship and I was the best player on the team, oh, I would cuss my fucking guys out all the time in a respectful way. So it's like you learn that stuff like, hey, there's a right. hierarchy here. I'm going to get the credit and the blame. When I'm in high school, I'm going to get the credit or the blame. So get the fuck back on defense because I don't want to hear somebody shit. LeBron James is the same way. Kobe Bryant, same way. MJ, same way. They know no matter what happens, it's their fault. Right. So it's like for them to be the most intense... That shit's understandable. By the way, we're going to name this episode "Get the Fuck Back on Defense." Get the fuck back That's on defense. That's the name of this episode. Yeah, perfect. Um, Love that. All right. Well, I I literally was like, "Oh, we can only do a half an hour." How long have we been doing? Fifty-three minutes. Yeah, it's good. So my kids are just I'm just going to be late to get my kids now. They're outside. Literally, They're outside. my kids are just going more shit now to deal with. That my my girl's going to be like, "Where are the kids?" And I'm going to be like, "Richard Jefferson and I are going to pick them up." You have to get your kids too. Yes. Yes. No, not my kids. I got to get back to work, which are back it feels ESPN. like kids. Yeah. God. What do you think? Are you excited about going back to ESPN? Yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. That's I like fine. ESPN. I, love my, I work with fucking the great best crew people. people. Yeah, fuck. All it's right. crazy, but it's fun. All right. We're going to hang out after this. All right, guys. Thank you. Critchy Chaos. Mike Cannon will be back next week. Let's Vito's go. baby teeth all day. <laughs>